listening to Our Wayward Life, a podcast about living life a bit differently. We're Natalie and Daniel, a married couple from Tennessee. In 2015, we sold everything we owned, moved overseas, and we've been living the expat life ever since. Stick around to hear about our travel experiences, both good and bad, our expat adventures, and everything in between. Welcome back to episode number 13. We're back. We are back. And I'm back this time. Yeah, y'all don't have to listen to me this week. Oh, I bet they love listening to you. Everybody loves your accent. Yeah, everybody tells me I got a face for radio. (laughs) Well, today we're back and we're talking about the best parts of expat life. So last week, Daniel covered... Some of the struggles of being an expat. Yeah, and so now we want to highlight all of our... or some of our favorite things about expat life because there are so many yeah there's no way we can go through and tell you all the great things about being an expat yeah and a lot of it is subjective you know like yeah you wouldn't want to listen to us ramble for two or three hours i could talk about it forever i think yeah expat life has been the best thing we've ever done it's by far been the best thing it's that we've ever done all right so as if you've been listening you know that in 2015 we sold everything that we owned Packed up five suitcases and moved to the United Arab Emirates. Sight unseen. Never been here before. Uh, never really. I mean, we talked to some people on Facebook and stuff. but Didn't know anybody. Didn't know anybody. Didn't know where we were going to live, where we were going to work. It was all part of the contract coming here. Um, so, yeah. That jump-started our expat life. And it hit this first point before we even got here. Oh, definitely. So one of the biggest benefits that we've seen through expat life is it just forces you to get out of your comfort zone. Yeah, it makes you take risks. Yes. And so like just moving here, selling all of our things that we, you know, that we had accumulated over years, um, quitting our jobs, telling our friends and family goodbye, selling our homes, selling our cars. Like, that was very uncomfortable. Yeah, trying to explain to people what you're doing, and they just look at you like you're crazy. Yeah, and then they're like, oh, Middle East, it was scary. Yeah, but, <laughs> oh, well, they got over it. Yeah, um, but so yeah, getting out of our comfort zones, and I feel like we basically live out of our comfort zones. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you do have your comfort zone, your comfort zone here, but you still, every day, you've got to put yourself out there to do something different. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and like I was saying before we even moved here, getting out of our comfort zone, one of the things was that we had to sell everything and I wouldn't say we were hoarders or anything like that, any close to that, but we We had had way way too too much much stuff. Way too much. Yeah. At one point, remember we were selling stuff and we had this room in our house and I just called it the room of shit. Yes. And it was full of shit. It was just full of shit. It's like, why do we own these things? Yeah. But the cool thing about it when we were moving out, we found a case of homemade brew that we forgot about. <laughs> Been in there for like two years. Been in there for like two and a half years. And so it's I like, don't oh. Know what the alcohol percentage was, but you could have powered your car with it. And it's like, all right. So we got a bunch of stouts to drink in the middle of summer. <laughs> but yeah, so we had to, we sold everything, so which means we had to go through every single item in our house. We had lived there for. Eight years. Wow, was it that long? Yeah, we lived there for eight years, or almost eight years, and then we had each lived on our own for years before that, so yeah. we had, you know, just tons of stuff. A whole 2,600 square foot house, 
plus an attic. Yes. Filled with way too much stuff that we did not need. Yes. And we've been working on getting rid of stuff anyways at that point. Yeah, we've been trying to downsize or declutter, I guess. And we had talked about if we stayed there in Tennessee, we would move to a smaller place because we didn't actually need that much room. Yes. But uh, there's no need for two people to need a 2,600 square foot house. Not not for our lifestyles. No, not at all. Yeah, so... um, yeah, so it just gave us the freedom to lose that attachment to yeah. having like physical things. Now we did bring a few things with us, yeah, from home, like uh, silly things. Really, like I brought um, a set of measuring spoons. <laughs> <laughs> I've had them since I was a child. They yeah. came with my very first cook cookbook. Yeah, we're still using, them. and I still use them. They're ugly, bright colored plastic, but I've had them since I was about four or five years old. My mom got me the cookbook. I loved it. I think it was called Kids Cooking. Yep. So here we go. Yeah. So we brought a few things from home. Um, a few like handmade art pieces. And yeah. We brought some gifts and stuff that people gave us. Yeah. And it was, it's nice even now to look up and see those things and be reminded of those people. No, oh, definitely. Um, but yeah, we definitely don't have the attachment to stuff. No, not like anymore. We did. And honestly, now like we were actually just talking about this. We said, you know, if we decided to move from Abu Dhabi tomorrow. There's, other than our artwork and maybe some, like, clothes that we've bought that we would need, there's not a single thing I wouldn't be okay selling. Yeah, or giving away. Yeah, so. It's anyway. been it's been very freeing having that mindset now. It's just kind of like, oh, you know, yeah, it's nice stuff, you know. If we sold it, gave it away, or donated it, at the end of the day, I won't lose any sleep over it. No, not at all. Not at all. Um, but yeah, it's nice to not be attached to those things and it gives you a lot of freedom to just say, you know what, we want to pack up some backpacks and go to Southeast Asia. Yeah. For six months. So, so here we go. Yeah. Not that we're doing that at the moment, cause, no. but we could if we wanted to. Yeah. Um, okay. So another thing, this is probably one of my absolute favorite things about being an expat is meeting people from all over the world. Yes. That is one of the neatest things and getting around. As that's been a little while ago, it was before COVID kicked off, and we went out to dinner with a bunch of people when you could have a bunch of people together. And I can't remember how many people there. It was like 16 of us there. It was 12 people. Yeah, 12 people. And there were 11 nationalities Yeah, around the table. Me and Nat were the only two from the same country. That, is that not just crazy? And most of our friends were couples. Yeah. That They just happened to be from different countries. Yeah, we thought that was pretty epic. Yeah. It's like, where else in the world... Would you have that experience? I mean, yeah. maybe uh, if you live in other countries, maybe yeah. that is more common to meet people from from elsewhere. But I know, like from from West Tennessee, you don't tend to meet people from overseas. I mean, you can meet people from overseas, but it's not that often, I guess. As far as I know, not many people are moving to Jackson, Tennessee to to start their life. What are you talking about? I mean, people do, but not from other countries. No, but. not generally. No hate on Jackson, but you know how it is. Like the, in a bigger city like New York or um, Los Angeles, obviously you would meet people from different countries. But being from a smaller town, it didn't happen. And so that's one of our favorite things. And meeting people, it's not just about building a friendship with someone from all over the world. It's getting to know people's backgrounds, their religions, their cultures, their beliefs, their traditions. The funny saying is that they think that 
that they say that they think's normal, and then you say something, and they look at you crazy, and it's like, well, it's normal. Everybody says yeah. that back home. They're like, I've never heard that before. Just yesterday, one of my friends who is from China, he said, what does it mean when, ever, when people say, like, touch wood or knock on wood? And I was like, <laughs> oh, my gosh, you don't think about, like, explaining those, like, idioms that we used. But, uh, but yeah, or they'll say things in, in their, like, or in their, their sayings, and you're like, what in the world does that mean? Yeah. I had a, a British person ask me the other day, what does is, what is people from the South say, bless your heart, all the time? And I was like, well, mm-hmm. and that can mean anything in the world. Yep. We all know. Bless your heart. <laughs> could be sweet. Could be mean. Yeah. Um, and also, I would say that with meeting all these people, I think one of the best things of, of expat life is it really builds your confidence because you have to put yourself out there. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, even with the, you know, we have a great friend group here, but you're always meeting new people. Like somebody on you will come into their work or somebody new will come into your work and, you know, you try to bring them into your friend group and it just, I mean, you're always having to put yourself out there to meet new people. Yeah. And we've said before that Abu Dhabi is a very transient place. So even if you have a really well-established friend group, those people could leave at any point. And yeah. then you've got to start all, start all over again. So you just have to be okay and comfortable putting yourself out there. Basically walking up to someone and saying, hi, I'm Nat. You want to be my friend? Yeah. <laughs> Which back home, we just, yeah, you may meet new people, but not on a regular basis. Do you have to seek out new friendships? No. you. I mean, we being from a small town like we were, we had people that we grew up with our entire lives. Yeah. I mean, people that we knew forever. Well, and your friends would mostly, either people you've known your entire lives, somebody that you do something with, like you go to church together, you play sports, play together. sports together, you work together, and or you're, if you have kids, like your kids do things together, and that's how you become friends. Whereas here, you know, you, you need friends outside of your job, because if not, you'll only talk about work. work. So it's important to like find meetup groups or... yeah clubs or whatnot that have um you know people have similar interest at least oh most definitely yeah but even if you're like i've a little bit outgoing anyways we're talking really? i would talk to a wall and probably make it be friends with me <laughs> <laughs> like damn it listen to me yeah um but i know for you like you were more not shy but like more reserved and now you talk to everybody yeah whether they want to or not yeah so anyways, that's a really good thing. And then another thing that comes from meeting people from all over the world is experiencing food from yes. all over the world. You find out what their mama's favorite recipe is and it's like, yep, I need to try that. Yeah. And luckily here in Abu Dhabi, we're so blessed to have, I don't even know how many cultures represented or cuisines represented through food. Oh, I'd be scared to guess. I mean, you can walk down the street and find any type that you want from American to Asian to... And specific, like Thai food or Syrian food or Ethiopian food, Bosnian. Ethiopian food. That does sound good. Yeah. Um, But yeah, so trying food from all over and just being introduced like to the cultures and tradition from around the world. Love it. Yeah. And, And it's really neat that, especially here, is that you go in to a lot of the restaurants and like if you go into like the little bitty small restaurants some of them struggle with english the, their menu will be in english but like i don't know what half of the stuff is and they really really take pleasure in trying to explain to you what their dishes are and that's really cool to see 
Yeah, and you know, I think some people maybe they feel like um, a little bit shy or embarrassed to speak English to native English speakers. But I mean, like, we don't know another language. No. We know, like, bits and pieces, but I think it's so brave and so amazing that they come here and want to share their food with people who speak a different language than them and eat different things than them. Yeah, that is really neat. Yeah, so it's like you're learning about that place and about those people and their culture through their food. Yep. We love to eat, can you tell? <laughs> no, didn't realize that. Um, and then also through that, kind of along the same line, is that being an expat, it really, really broadens your horizons or we found that it does for us. Um, and like, I thought we were open-minded before we moved. Yeah. But I definitely know that I am much more culturally aware and open-minded than I was before. Definitely. Yeah. And, and I, I think that's just part of being out of our, I mean, like I said, I thought we were out of our bubble at home, but being so far away from a small town in West Tennessee and being thrown into a, I guess, a, a mixing pot of all different people. It just makes you be more aware of what's going on in the world, really. Whether yeah. it, you know, whether you're watching the news or whatever. But when you actually sit down and talk to people about their countries and how their family is and stuff like that, it's really neat. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and then I think that like the more you travel as well, it makes you so much more culturally aware. Definitely, so, it does. Yeah, you learn what to do and what not to do. And a lot of Asian countries, you better take your shoes off everywhere you go. If you're trying to go inside, you better take your damn shoes off. Do you know, I actually don't know why that's not a thing everywhere. Because if you think about it, like, you've walked on sidewalks and in the grass and over who knows what. Public toilets. And then you're going to walk in and, like, sit on somebody's couch or your own couch and put your feet up with your shoes on. No, thank you. No, thank you. Yeah. Anyways. Um, okay, so I think last time you talked about one of the negative things was um, maintaining friendships. Yeah, long, long distance. Long distance, so that can be really um, difficult. And people that you think you're going to keep keep in touch with, you don't. But I also see, see that part as a positive because some of our friendships and relationships, even with family members... Have it, gotten a million times better. Yeah, like we've really nurtured and maintained and strengthened those relationships. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it. I don't want to say distance doesn't matter because it does make it more challenging to not physically see and be with those people. But it's almost like distance doesn't matter. No. Yeah, like, you know, I still talk to some of my friends, you know, a couple times a week and it j- or every other day and it just feels like I talk to them more now than I ever did back home. Because back home, it'd be like, oh, I'll run into them. Yeah, we'll see them at Kroger. Or whatever. And I wouldn't ever, like, initiate talking with them. And so I've, I've really, like, like, I would say nurtured those relationships. Some of those Yeah, some of them has been, it's it's made some of them very strong. Yeah. Um. Ooh, this one is, I don't know about for you, but for me, this a lot of this has come from work. But learning to be more patient <laughs> and flexible. I thought I was flexible before. I've never been a super patient person. Um, but learning to be more flexible and understanding or like adaptable. Yeah. I, I definitely thought I had that trait before. But now I'm like freaking Gumby, Stretch Armstrong, whatever you need me to do. You need me to drive the bus or you need me to roof the house or you need to <laughs> serve some lunch serve whatever you need me to do you speak arabic i got you like 
Yes, please speak Arabic. Um, I can speak a little bit. Assalamu alaikum. Yeah, about as much as I can. But yeah. yours sound a whole lot better than mine. Um, but yeah, so things here just change at the drop of a hat. Yeah, and you got to get used to it. And it can frustrate the daylights out of you. Yes. It's like you go in one day and it's like, oh, yeah, this is how we do it. And you go back in the next day and the exact same thing. And you need 45 more forms that you didn't know that you needed just because they changed it overnight. You just kind of like, really? Or because you talked to a different person. Yes. And yeah. I, I'm sure that's a, a lot and the same in a lot of different countries. They just, yeah. you know, kind of like, oh, this is how we feel like doing it today. Yeah. And if you go all Karen on them and like, I want to speak to the manager and throw your hands up and this is not what they told. They are not going to appreciate no. you and it's going to take a million times it's longer. It's going to take 10 times longer. You might as Your well paperwork just, will get lost. Yeah. <laughs> might as well just sit down and shut up and do what they want. Yeah, so just being a lot more patient and I know maybe after the first few years we were here, you commented to me because I was like being so impatient about waiting on the elevator or the <laughs> lift and you were like, you've gotten so impatient and I was like, I use all my patients at work. I don't have any left over for the elevator um, because everything just requires more patience. Yes. Yeah. So that's been a good like personal growth thing for me. Um, and thank, thank goodness we moved somewhere with the elevators faster. Yeah. Next time we're going to live on the ground floor. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, so speaking of work, I think another big benefit to being an expat is that you have the ability to add some really unique experiences to your resume or CV or work por portfolio. Whether you're working full-time, volunteering, or just your life experience, you can add that. Yeah, definitely. Um, and, and it will help you if you go back to your home country or if you go to other countries and you want to work, being able to say, like, you know, you can work in a um, multicultural setting. Yes. You know, or in a bilingual, trilingual environment or whatever it is, it will definitely benefit you. Most definitely it will. Also with work, one big benefit for us as Americans living in the UAE, I am able to earn a tax-free salary. Yeah, we don't have to give Uncle Sam any, inshallah. Yeah, I mean, we still have to file our taxes to show that we don't have to pay any taxes. But Which is highly annoying that you got to pay a CPA to file a piece of paper saying that you don't have to pay. Yeah, I mean, we, we could do it ourselves, but we were audited by Uncle the IR, IRS one time, and I never want to do that again. So CPA all the way. Definitely. Um, but yeah, earning a tax-free salary, honestly, it felt like my salary doubled. Yeah, because you're not giving, what, 30%? Whatever it was, 32% yeah. 32% away. I'm able to just, like, whatever money's in my paycheck, like, I get to keep all of it. Yeah. It's fantastic. And there are taxes on certain things here. Oh, yeah. Like, we pay a municipality fee every month. We pay um, VAT, but. Yeah, but one neat thing here is, like, you know, when you go to the grocery store or to the wherever, to the mall to buy a pair of pants, and whatever it says on the tag, that's exactly what you pay for it. There's nothing extra added on to it once you get up there. Yeah, that is nice. So you know exactly how much you're spending. I always forget about that. We go back to the States and I'm like, but it said nine ninety nine. What the fuck yeah. are you charging me this much? Um sorry, I may be swearing a little much in this one. No, it's fine. Um but yeah, tax free salary is a it's, really nice bonus. That's a definitely a big bonus. Now obviously with a tax free salary, that means that nothing's being paid into your pension or anything like that. So you you need to do that on your own. Yeah. Just to clarify, if you're thinking about expat life, you definitely need to be taking care of your future 
on yeah. your own. Yeah, you need to be doing your 401ks or whatever else you want to. However you, know, you decide. Yeah, to. whatever you decide. Because yeah. here they don't do that. No. So they give, at my job, and most jobs here, they give an end of service Yeah, contract. so you get a bonus for every month you work here. Every year. Every year, excuse me. Yeah, so so when you leave here, you get like, or when you quit your job here, you get a nice like cushion. Yeah. Um, and you can use that. For whatever you want. Yeah, I mean, but most people I think would use that for their retirement. Yeah. Take that much. Or you could use it and go travel for a bit. That sounds way better. Yeah, that sounds really cool to me. Yeah. Um, I would say that overall, we have a much, much better work-life balance living in Abu Dhabi than yes. we did living in Tennessee. Yeah, here it's easy to to shut down and, you know, like put your boundaries up. It's like, you know, it's whatever, 5 o'clock, it's quitting time. I'm not going to... You know, I'm not going to look at the computer. I'm not going to look at WhatsApp. But to the people in America, it's the same thing as text messages. Uh, so you just shut down and say, I'll I'll do this in the morning. In the States, we were both the world's worst of like, oh, well, I can still do it. You know, it may be 9, 30, 10 o'clock at night that we never would separate our time from work time. Yeah, and I think that's probably very dependent on your job here because we have some friends who they work, uh, like in consulting, and so they're dealing with American companies, so they have to work. Yeah, they really, have to work really late hours, um, or take calls at, middle, at midnight. Yeah, middle of the night. Um, but I've been really lucky with my job that I'm able to just not never work from home because I definitely have to work some nights. But most days, I'm able to finish at a reasonable hour, and then we have our social life, our personal time. Yeah, and just be able to yeah. separate it. But I think also it's it's not just about like mentally setting those boundaries. It's that in the States, being a teacher, I didn't earn very much. But you worked all the time. Yes. And, you know, so I would work, I would teach classes at the gym. I would do personal training. I would uh, coach cheerleading. And then I would go to whatever sporting events were at the school. And here that's just not a thing in the public schools at least. Yeah, definitely not a thing here. Uh, so like I don't, my first couple of years, work finished at two o'clock. We were out the door by two fifteen. Yeah, which was pretty impressive. Yeah, and I had planning time during my day. Yeah. So I didn't have to like bring work home, which it was just absolutely amazing. Now it's changed. The quite expectations yeah. have changed quite a bit. Teaching hours are more, but even so, we still have a really good work life balance. Yeah, it's completely different than it was, you know, when we were at home. Because I don't remember what your hours were when you. We're teaching full time, but then it was cheerleading. Then it was a football game or a basketball game or class at the gym, class at the gym or something. It's I just, rarely got home before nine ten p.m. Yeah, we would come in, yeah, eight thirty nine o'clock, pretty much every night of the week. Yeah, at least like it, yeah, and maybe we had time like after school to like run home, take care of the dogs, whatever. Take them, yeah, take them for a walk, feed them, play yeah. with them for a little bit. Or and then, grab a snack and yeah, then be right back out the door. Yeah, head back out again. Yeah. And at the at the time... It seemed normal. Yeah, because we were just really busy. And in my mind, that that meant I was being like productive. And yeah. I don't regret what I did because I, you know, I had really good relationships. I felt that was very fulfilling for me. But it was exhausting. Very exhausting. And now I know that like just being busy doesn't mean I'm being productive. No, it doesn't. Yeah, so much better work-life balance. Definitely. And also, because we live in an apartment, we 
don't have a yard to mow. We don't have like a yard to mow that <laughs> took four and a half to six hours to do. It depends on how. Yeah, or like house maintenance, other than cleaning the house. Yeah, that's the only thing that that we have to do anymore. Yeah. And you, when you go from a twenty-six hundred square foot house to a thousand square a feet. thousand square feet, man, life's a whole lot better that way. Anyways, much better for us. Yeah, definitely. Much happier, much more relaxed, I think. Um, okay, now my number one, and I think your number one benefit of being an expat is the opportunity for travel. Yes, and especially if you're, you know, if you're from the UK or somewhere else besides the US, travel is always easy for y'all, but in the u.s it's so expensive to get outside of the u.s unless you want to go to like and there's nothing wrong with this but there's like you can run over to mexico pretty easily it's not that big a deal but like cancun yeah like cancun but if you want to fly to the uk it's very expensive or much less like if you wanted to go to germany or australia australia Um, you know even if you're in the u.s you know even internal flights can be really expensive especially yeah. if you if you have to fly on certain dates like if you say okay i only have these two weeks off work we don't have we're not flexible on yeah. our timing it's really difficult um and you're working all the time as well so you don't have as much time to travel and we found here that because of where we're located travel is so much easier yeah. i mean we can be in another country in 40 minutes if you want to go to bahrain uh, what, Oman. Oman, Doha. Yeah. That's in Qatar, yeah. Yeah, it's in Qatar. Um, but yeah, so even if we have a long weekend, not, this is pre-COVID, obviously, if we had a long weekend, we could fly out somewhere and be in a different country. Yeah, leave as soon as, yeah, leave, leave as soon as night, got home from work, yeah. jump on a plane, be there and what, anything under six hours is, is doable for a weekend. <laughs> Which is so funny because before I would have thought six hours was like the longest flight yeah. And now I'm like, oh, yeah, if it's a, maybe like four to six hours for like a long weekend. Yeah, it's definitely doable. Definitely doable. Um, you can do, you know, one day without sleeping very well. Yeah, it's all right. Um, you sleep when you're dead. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, being able to travel and just like where, because of where we're located, we could be in Europe. We could be in Asia could be so many places within just a few hours yeah which is absolutely amazing greece uh, is a five and a half hour flight for us yeah which um, we just got back from greece not too long ago it's a beautiful beautiful place yeah and you know i can't remember what year it was i think we ticked off what four or five countries in one year oh more than that was one it? year we did we did five continents yeah, in five, one year yeah we did five continents in no, one year one of those being north america yeah we but, did um north america Oh, gosh, I can't name it. I'd have to go back. I know it was everywhere except for South America and Antarctica. So there we go. North America, Europe, Asia, Australia. You're missing something. Africa. Africa, Africa. yeah. Yeah, Sorry, I forgot Africa. We went to Tanzania. Yeah. So. In one year. That's amazing. That was definitely an awesome year. Uh, And it just worked out to where her holidays fell to where we could get really easy and cheap flights or decent flights direct flights as well, and at really really good times and it's kind of like you know it's too hard to pass up saying all right because i can't remember when it was it was national day or something a holiday here and we flew flights to germany 
and so it was over Eid one year. Yeah, oh, excuse me, over Eid, and I can't remember what the flights were. They were super cheap, and we just jumped on the flight and went to Germany for. We literally what? booked it the week before. Yeah, and what was we were there four days, five no, days? No, I think six, six days, six maybe? days, whatever it was. But it was the lead up to Oktoberfest which was pretty cool to go see. So yeah. we got to experience Oktoberfest without the prices of Oktoberfest and, and without all, all the people, people yeah. which was pretty damn epic. It's amazing. Um, and we had the city pretty much to ourselves. I mean, it was it was busy, but it wasn't like, they're like, oh, yeah, next month you'll they'll put a million people here. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's pretty cool to be here this time. Yeah, that was amazing. Um, and also, I think when we lived in America, when we thought about traveling abroad, we would think, you know, like the the main places that people want to go, right? Like London or Paris. Um, maybe you want to go somewhere like an African safari. Yeah, Australia. Yeah. Maybe New Zealand. Um, I, I mean, like, I think it's changing a lot now. Yeah, I think people are starting to open their eyes. Well, I'm not going to say open their eyes. Are starting to get more of maybe the travel bug since they realize that they can easily travel more. Yeah. That it's not that hard to like, yeah. get out. It just takes a bit of money and a bit of time. Um, obviously, from the U.S., always it's really far. It takes forever to get so outside of the U.S. You have to have the time to be off work and to fly. But I would say we travel to other places that I would never have thought of as a travel destination. And most of it comes from we look online and like, oh, let's just search flights during this time to everywhere and see what comes up. Or it comes from friends who have been there and they're like oh yeah like i just did a weekend in kazakhstan which if you ever get a chance to go to kazakhstan do it it's It's amazing absolutely very very cool place but before moving here i don't think i ever thought you know where i want to go on vacation kazakhstan Kazakhstan. (laughs) and now i'm like when can we get back to kazakhstan yeah i loved it um every country every city has something to offer yes And and you will always find people that are willing to help I think it was in Kazakhstan. We ran into some girls. We were trying to find a restaurant. We didn't speak any Kazakh. They did not speak any English. But they busted out their phones, and they had the translator app on their phone, so he wouldn't pick up my voice, my poor southern slang, so <laughs> Natalie had to do it. And they found they, they helped us find the restaurant. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, that, that thing just couldn't figure out what I was trying to say. Yeah. Um, but, yes, we've gone to some really amazing places that I never would have I never would have thought to even research to go. Yeah, you never would have thought to venture over there. I was like, you know, we went to Zanzibar, which I absolutely Like didn't. here, people would be like, of course, Zanzibar. Yeah. yeah, but in the States, I would never have thought like, ooh, Zanzibar. Let yeah, me go let's there. go to Zanzibar. Yeah, it's amazing. Or uh, like Yerevan, Armenia. Armenia. Or Tbilisi, Georgia. Like Also oh, man, amazing places. Them. Yeah, I'd go back to Tbilisi and just eat the little dumpling things. Kinkali. Yeah, Kinkali. I'd sit around and eat it yeah. all day. And then it's like the more you travel, the more places you want to go. And it's like the more you travel, the more people you meet. And it starts this whole thing over of like you learn about more cultures, you learn about more foods, you build more confidence, you become more culturally aware. So then you want to travel more. And, and just, you're steadily, yeah. steadily getting out of your comfort zone. It's like, all right, my comfort zone's here. This is, you know, as big as my bubble can get. And then you go to somewhere else. It's like, no, maybe it can get a little bit bigger and I can try, you know, wherever next. Yeah. Anything. So yeah. traveling hands down for me hands down it's like the best part oh definitely and it was really difficult over covid to not be able to travel and uh yeah to go what is it 18 months 
we went 18 months because yeah. we did a travel, but we had to come back and quarantine for 10 days yeah. in our apartment with a tracking device. So, yeah, we got a chance to go to the Seychelles, which is another epic place to go see. Oh, my gosh. Uh, and we knew that we'd have to quarantine for 10 days once we got back, which we were definitely willing to do it because we've not traveled in 18 months. Not really been outside of Abu Dhabi in 18 months. No. And uh, we got a chance to go and it's kind of like, shit, get out of the way. I'm getting on this plane. I don't care what I got to yeah, do. Yeah, I mean, when those, especially like when flight deals come up. Yeah. That's actually a funny story. So I was, um, I was speaking at an online forum for literacy, for trilingual literacy. And... Yeah, she started texting me during this. I'm like, aren't you supposed like, to be speaking right now? It, it popped up on my phone, and so I saw it out of the corner of my eye. Or maybe I saw it on my watch. I don't remember. But as soon as my speech ended... She was texting me. She's like, I'm like, booking some flights. I was to, like, we're going to the Seychelles we're going next to, week. And I was like, hold on. Can, can Slow down a little bit. Can we talk about this for a second? She's like, no, I'm booking the flights before I leave. And I was like, And I was, right. I was in the bedroom, and you were in here in the living room. Yeah. And I was just like, found the flights, got to book them now. And yeah. we did. And and we have that opportunity here. Yeah, which was, like I said, it's pretty damn epic that we were just able to jump on a flight and go spend, what, we spend a week there? Yeah, eight days. Yeah. In one of the most beautiful places on earth. And got to do a little island hopping, which was yeah. definitely worth it. We'll have to do a whole episode about the Seychelles. I think we need to do lots of episodes about all the places we've been, the goods yeah. and the bads and yeah. different places. We'll have to do that. New series. Yeah. Inshallah. All right. Well, I think that pretty much wraps up our highlights of expat life. Definitely uh, wraps up the the great things that we think about. Uh, the the wonderful part about being an expat, the easy part about being able to jump on a plane and go to amazing countries and see amazing people. But there's one thing I just wanted to say. Uh, the 13th, which is tomorrow, us will be mine and Natalie's 14 year wedding anniversary. And I just want to say thank you to her for spending 14 years with me. Oh, I didn't know you were going to do that. Uh, surprise. Oh yeah. It's been an amazing 14 years and I can't think of anybody else that would have taken this journey with me or that I would want by my side on all these adventures. Yep. That's it. Oh, oh now I'm thrown off my game. <laughs> I feel so silly. Yeah. Um, oh. oh, now she's got to think. <laughs> she's like, Oh, now I done no, messed good. up the whole no, situation. Oh, uh, I had something else I wanted to add that if you feel like you have a unique story to share, whether you're an expat or not, it doesn't matter. If you're living life outside of society's expectations, following your dreams, whether people accept them or whether they don't, or anything else, if you want to share your story, we would love to feature you. So Yeah, shoot us an email, find yeah. us on Instagram, do whatever. I mean, like I said, you don't have to be an expat. You can just be somebody who's living a life completely different out of the norm. Even yeah. if it's in you know the U.S., the U.K., I don't care where it is, or we don't care where it is. We'd love to feature you and tell your story. Uh, and we'd love to hear your story and connect with you. Yeah, we'd love to learn, you know, what it is that you're doing so different that that you enjoy that nobody else really understands why you're doing it. Yeah, that would be great. So uh, please reach out to us. We would love to share your story. Yeah, definitely. Thank you. Thanks so much for joining us today. If you enjoyed the episode, please subscribe, share it on social media, give us a rating and leave a review. These really help us. Follow and connect with us on Instagram at Our Wayward Life and reach out to us with any questions either through social media or email at ourwaywardlife at gmail.com. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.